0: Shut up, it's the Australian Cricket Podcast, and here are your hosts. In the air,
1: and safe, just over Midon's head, and that's going to go before a magnificent
0: double century by the Australian Skipper.
2: Welcome to the 200th edition of the Australian Cricket Podcast. I'm your host, founder and producer, Andrew Mentzel a.k.a. Menes and joining me to celebrate this great occasion, I have the original panellist, James Smith. How are you, Macca? Menes I'm absolutely
1: fantastic, and what an honour it is to be here.
2: Can you believe we've made it 200 shows after where we started to now? I can and I can't, but I think it's been a fantastic innings. <laughs> 200 not out. <laughs> and the other two panellists have Gav Joshy. How are you, Gav? I'm well. Great
3: to be here, 200. I can't believe it. Well done to you.
2: And actually, thank you very much. Thanks, Gav. And, you know, I have to say that it's also the the four-year anniversary of the show to the day. So it's all come together. And the other panellists, Paul Dennett. How are you, Paul?
0: Great, manners. Look at that. Four years, 200 shows, 50 a year, one a week. That's um, very impressive. Well done. And are
1: we we a bit like Jason Gillespie? Do we, you know, really craft a
2: fantastic, unexpectedly good double century here? Well, I I think I feel a little bit like Dizzy might have felt in Bangladesh all those years ago. I mean, I wasn't sure I'd even get past 20, (laughs) let alone 200. And, you know, just one ball at a time, forward defense, forward defense, and we finally got there. So good to be here. So listeners, this is a a special edition of the show. We're going to do a little bit of reflection on some of the things we've Um, Achieved and some of the things we have talked about over the last four years. We're also going to preview the Bangladesh tour We've also got some highlights of the show from the last four years So a lot to get into as always, but we're going to start off with a a new game for this special 200th Edition of the show uh, called one word answers It's like a word association game and I've done this so we can get to know a little bit about the panelists individually and go through a little bit about the history of the show. Man, it's just before we start talking reflections.
1: I'd just like the panellists here to, re- with me to reflect upon your choice of uh, fashion wear here for the 200th show. Uh, sandals and pink socks, listeners. <laughs> They're the are, thickest socks? Are they? Magenta? They're my lucky socks, mate. Lucky mate you, socks. You're rocking your inner Russell Crowe. I had the <laughs> great pleasure of working for Russell Crowe at the Rabbitohs once upon a time. He would love to rock the socks and sandals man so there you go you're in a
2: very <laughs> illustrious company lucky this is not a video podcast otherwise that would be a few laughs yep. laugh. so uh, let's let's go back Mackie you're the first one on a okay, one word you. answer so I'm going to fire some stuff at you but I wanted to sort of go through a little bit about our history and how yep. the podcast started so before we we got underway I was on another cricket podcast and I want to thank Alex and Ross from the Cricket Pod Blast in England—they gave me a go on their podcast, and that sort of gave me the idea that we should start our own. Start our own, as I said, if they could do it, anybody could. So, Mackie, you and I used to have many a passionate cricket conversation, and at one point, we sort of thought maybe we should record them. Exactly, and uh, you know, our history is we went to school together, we travelled around England for the '99 World Cup. Didn't miss the ball of the 1996 World Cup, staying up late every night. There's plenty of history there, mate, isn't there? Yes. And then we got things going on August 20th, 2013, which was just before the final test of the 2013 Ashes. And uh, I think you said a personal best straight away. You did four episodes in a row wow. before realising you may have overcommitted to a <laughs> podcast. Now, listen, I'll give you a bit, take you in a bit of the background. How it went in those early days was... If I could record the show exactly when Macca was on his way home from work, we were good to go. Otherwise, it was too inconvenient. So at that stage, I realised I better throw the, the list open and find some more panellists. Otherwise, it was going to be a, a bit of a soliloquy every week. 2013 was a great year, man, as the Roosters won the premiership. That's right. Well, um, let, well let's, start with, let's start with one word answers. For example, if I say uh, James Anderson, you might say overrated. Right, okay. and I just one-word yeah. answers. So. Everyone should say it. <laughs> <way. laughs> All right, so Mackie, you're okay. up. First one, the Roosters. Just the greatest football team ever. One word.
0: One word. That's that's in the spirit of one word. <laughs>
2: we'll, we'll let it go. Joe Root. <laughs> Wanker. <laughs> Water cooler talk. Warnie. <laughs> Women's cricket. Growing. Leeds. Fantastic. Menas. Are... Michael Clark, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, now, now I did have one for Joe actually, who now listen Joe to, who Joe who was the sec the third Not the panelist, cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> the third panelist to Joe that joined yeah. the show. Uh, he made his debut on episode five of the show on the eighteenth of September, twenty thirteen, and it. Became the Joe and Menace show for a while. We did lots of sh- shows together. One of our highlights was uh recording a show after Australia regained the ashes in 2013. But Joe let me down a bit today because he sent me a message just 15 minutes before we were recording. Oh, is it today? And then I lost my phone on Thursday. I've been off email. So thanks, Joe, for all your hard work early, but you. <laughs> We missed out on the 200th.
1: Man, that's the equivalent of the yes, no,
2: wait, isn't it? And you've just been stranded. Oh, big time. So that uh, the next one is uh, two panellists then came and went. We had Dongles and Tim. Dongles became a bird watcher, no joke. And <laughs> Tim started his own business realising I was never going to pay him. Then we had Kiwi Bob. Now, Bob was the... First person to beg to come on the show. He sent me lots of tweets and messages trying to sort of endear himself to me. And eventually he wore me down or I was probably desperate for a panellist. So we let Bob in. But just to let you know about our other begging panellist, Drew Lilly from England. I got this email from him this week. Hi, mate. Hope you had a good, if not brief, holiday. I'm in Sydney from the 21st of August to the blah, blah of September. And I'm as keen as ever to don the baggy green headphones. Another Email from Drew, so we'll, we'll, we'll get back to you. <laughs> All right, so Gav, you're next up on One Word Answers. Go for now, it. Now, you made your debut on the 18th of June, 2015, in episode 86. And I remember hearing you before that on White Line Wireless doing some commentary, and I thought, this bloke is serious about his cricket, and he's in Sydney, and he's obviously keen to talk about cricket, so let's get him on. And... When I got you in, one thing I realized about you is you're a wealth of like hormonal cricket excitement just waiting to come out all the time, ready to burst. How do you uh, keep it all The champagne's
3: already been popped, mate. <laughs> how, how do you keep it all in? <laughs> they're secrets. I don't want to reveal them on the show. Maybe podcast number 300.
2: Good, good, good. All right, so let's start with your uh, word association. First one, Virat Kohli. Arrogant. The IPL. Fantastic. Darren Lehman's letter this week to the cricket community. Overrated. Wristy stroke play. Fascinated by it. <laughs> Going to Bangladesh this week.
3: 50-50. <laughs>
2: Menas. Good bloke. Yeah, <laughs> see? He wants to come back on. All right, and final to finish up word association, we've got Paul Dennett. Now, I heard Paul doing his own podcast with uh, your friend Patrick, and uh, it was called the the bat and ball with Pat and Paul. And I remember thinking, you know, if someone like Gav, he's in Sydney, he wants to talk cricket, let's get him on the show. And uh, I have to say we've been on a bit of a journey together, haven't we, Paul?
0: We sure have. And I almost didn't come on because I, when you invited me, I checked out a show and I happened to hear, I think it was you were your selecting your all-time best Australian sides. And I think it was you was like put Mark, like your, no, best Australian sides of the last 30 years or something. And you put Mark Taylor in it. And I thought, oh, wait a minute. Um... I don't know if I can go on a show like that, but I'm pleased I came on.
2: <laughs> yeah, and we obviously did the Big Bash podcast last summer. We had a great time together. And, uh, yeah, man, it's not for- got to
1: stop you. That's the second disparaging comment Paul's made about the great Tubby Taylor. He made one off-air before. Did I?
0: What, what's he got against Tubby I, Taylor? He's just his, his low batting average and the fact that he was a, a decent decent test <laughs> cricketer, but he's regarded as as better than he was. He's a lovely bloke, and but to be talked about as in you know the best Australian sides of any era, he shouldn't have been in the Australian side of his own era.
2: Look, I agree with you. He fell off a bit of a cliff towards the end of his 10-year career. But surely that first four or five years, Mark Taylor was one of the best batsmen going around. That's how he should be judged. That 89 Ashes he scored almost 900 runs. Triple 100. Amazing. But, yeah, look, certainly he had was inconsistent towards the end. But, Paul, let's get into your one-word <laughs> answers, word association. The first one for
0: you, Twitter. Wonderful, and thanks to Donald Trump still surviving. Statistics. Underrated essential. (laughs) The SCG. Great ground, poorly run sometimes. Sledging. Should be outlawed. Soft balls. (laughs) (laughs) Soft air balls, worthy of consideration. Menace. Greatest human of all time.
2: Oh, wow. 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 Definitely going to get back on. (laughs) All right, listeners, so that was uh, one word answers. We're going to take a quick break.
0: I'm not going to do yours.
2: Oh, yeah. I sent out a group, group email this week to the, all the prospective panellists asking, would someone do one-word answers? No one replied but Paul. So let's go. Let's, let, I'm on the spot.
0: The Barmy Army. Terrible. <laughs> Stuart Broad. Idiot. Piers Morgan. Wanker. <laughs> Sydney Thunder. Losers. Mickey Arthur.
2: Got an unfair rap.
0: Oh, a positive one. Christmas Day Cricket. A must. Four-day test matches.
2: Not in my lifetime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Trent Bridge, 2015. Awful. And lastly, day-night tests. Love it. All right. I've got one for you, Minutes. Danny War. Who? (laughs) All right,
2: You love all the wars, don't you? Now, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to play two highlights from the show. One was Macra and I at the beginning of the second episode. And I'm just playing that for you to realize how far we've come in sound quality and everything. And then I've got uh, Joe and I together after we regained the ashes on the back of Mitchell Johnson's fast bowling. And then we'll be back to prove that this podcast has been good for Australian cricket and, more importantly, terrible for English cricket. Australian Cricket Podcast. Hi there and welcome to the second edition of the Australian Cricket Podcast. It's like Christmas here at the podcast, it's Don Bradman's 105th birthday. Macca, how are you? And I'm, What's uh, a very auspicious
1: day and I'm having a cup of tea to celebrate.
2: You beauty Australia, a win for the ages, the ashes are home. Order is restored. Joe, welcome to the Australian
4: Cricket Podcast. What a week. What a week, Is and it's not often that I'm lost for words, but I am, so I'm going to go to some other familiar words, menace. Under the Southern Cross I stand, a sprig of wattle in my hand, a native of my native land,
2: Australia, you little bee okay! Welcome back to the Australian Cricket Podcast. Well, great singing there from Joe, a classic rendition of the Aussie victory song. Song here with Macca, Gav and Paul. And guys, when the show started, I had a segment that was very popular called Stat Chat. And I have brought it back for this episode because I can unequivocally prove that this podcast has been good for Australian cricket and bad for English cricket. So let's get into the stats. The first one is Australia played 46 tests between 2009 and 2013, just before the show started, winning 21, losing 17, and drawing 8 for a win-loss average of 1.235. But once the show started, we inspired a real turnaround. Australia won 24 of 43 tests in the last four years. They've only lost 13, drawn 6 for a win-loss average of 1.8%. Four, six, So they've won more and lost less since the show started.
0: Paul, you're a stats man. Hard to argue. Well, you can make the same case for the Abbott government. They came in in 2013, but otherwise, yeah, very hard to argue. What, did they have done well for the Australian cricket? Yeah, I'm just saying causation <laughs> is not correlation. Hey,
2: but explain the stats to the listeners. A win-loss <laughs> average is if you average the wins over the losses. So Australia have improved it by almost 30%.
0: <laughs> yeah, they sure have. Why didn't you take it back a little bit longer? Was the, did you did you choose the four years before because they were the, the, the when Australia had done the, the No, most... I just
2: thought like like we've been going for four years. Fair so there was nice symmetry the four years Fair before. Enough. But this is what makes me really happy and Gav, you must have seen look at these figures for how England have absolutely fallen off a cliff since we started the show. I mean, we we have caused must have got into this psyche of the English team because before we started the show in the four years, England had an amazing record. They played 49 tests. They won 27. They lost 10 for a huge win-loss percentage of 2.7. That that was a huge four years immediately before the show started. But then after the show started, England have fallen off a cliff. They've played 48. They've won 18, lost 22, and drew 8 for a win-loss average of just 0.818 Paul, please explain. What's happened to England? Obviously, Menes has got in their head.
0: <laughs> yeah, either that or um, I suppose the retirements of Trot and Swan and um, Peterson and Bell not being picked and falling away from his best and Strauss and not being replaced. That, that could also be an explanation. But you can go with yours. That I think they listen to the podcast every week and just get worse and worse.
3: <laughs> and they're not just England. I mean, it, in the last four years, it's not England, it's South Africa, it's Ireland, because you remember... English how many of them are actually born in England so they managed to combine players from all around the world and still managed to get on this sheet and how bad they are
2: they're and what's awful it, I think it's flown a bit under the radar how bad England have been in the last four years because they have won some big matches but in between they've they've actually lost more than they've won in the last four years so they're certainly not so Australia have won more test in the last four four years than any other nation. India are very close behind one loss, one win behind. And England have lost the most test matches of any of the major countries in the or any of the countries in the last four years.
0: So this is horrible reading for England. If you being fair, India's probably got a better record than us in that period. We're, we're 24 and 13, they're 23 and 9. Yeah, England have probably got, India have probably got
2: a better record. But, I mean, we've been certainly damaged English cricket. That's true. Maka, you got any comments? Uh, I think you might be drawing something of a long bow here,
1: mate. (laughs) I don't have any doubt that you got in the head of Pat Howard, but the English side, I'm not so sure. (laughs)
2: All right, so we're we're understanding. Go on. So
3: hang on. So since the show started, Australia against England... How many Ashes series have they been, Menace?
2: Let's not go into details. I think it's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we mentioned Trent Bridge 2015 before, didn't we? <laughs> no, the show hadn't started when the 2013 Ashes was comp- lost. So. That doesn't count. So we get a mulligan there because we started before the last death. And and I think, uh, what, nine for. So, what, one all, I think, in Ashes'
1: series. Well, uh, what were we out for in South Africa? Uh, 47? Yeah, that was in. This
2: falls in uh, that period too, doesn't it, Menes? Not sure. (laughs) 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 So, we've unequivocally improved Australian cricket Mm. and damaged English cricket. But also, I think we've inspired a new generation of Australian cricketers. Now, I don't know if you remember Steve Smith before the show started bits and pieces all rounder well the test after we made our debut he made his first test century and since then he's averaged 71.5 in test cricket and in all three formats it's has
0: 28 centuries since the show started and also just thinking about it we've inspired afghanistan and ireland to get test status so in this in the four years that this show has been on on the air two nations have had test status granted to them it was probably Sri Lanka and Bangladesh are the only ones having test status granted in the last 50 years before that. So that's an, an amazing achievement. Yeah,
2: there, there must be a huge percentage increase there, Paul. You can crunch the numbers. Also, David Warner, you know, when we started, he, he, he was thrown off the 2013 Ashes Tour. Since then, he scored 26 centuries in Australian cricket. And some people say, oh, Candace Warner and the kids have got his life together. But I He's think OLED it's, TV. I think it's you and me, Macca. So yep. inspired David Warner. <laughs> At leading six hitter since we started is also David Warner. 110 sixes in all three formats. Next is Aaron Finch. And uh, third on the list is Glenn Maxwell, 99. Now, Maxie's got a lot of stick in the four years of the show, wouldn't you say? I've always been a fan of Maxie, mate. But it's sort of gone up and down for everybody.
0: No, I've loved him consistently. Oh, I think he's, um, he's in the test side now. I hope he's in there for, for the duration. I reckon his bowling's going to improve as well.
3: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I'm probably one of the guys who's been flacking him, and rightly so. I mean, his record really speaks for itself. Does he deserve a test spot? Well, he hadn't done anything for the first two years since the podcast began, but he got some shield runs, which is so important. So now he deserves a chance. Let's see where he is in the next year and a half. Menace, well, I think
1: he stole your nickname, didn't he? You like to refer to yourself as the. You'd like to refer to yourself as the big show.
2: So that's where some of that came from. He uh, stole your nickname. He did. He did. Exactly. So uh, other players were uh, inspired. Usman Kawaja has averaged 64 in Test Cricket. Adam Voges. I mean, Adam Voges was your run-of-the-mill Shield player. All of a sudden, the show starts. He scores over 1,200 runs in a Shield season and averages the second since Don Bradman. So
0: That's undeniable.
2: Undeniable. And he even came on the show to have a chat about it.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I was a massive
3: fan of Adam Voges, but then he came on the Australian cricket podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's also little known that in the late 1920s, our ancestors started a podcast just in the four years that Bradman took off. (laughs) It was a,
2: it. A, we it. Was a, it was a Morse code podcast. <laughs> All right. Some uh, some Aussie bowlers that have had a lot of success. Josh Hazelnut took eight five wicket halls since we started. Mitchell Stark, seven. Now you think about where Mitchell Johnson was when we came along, his career at a crossroads. When we took over the show, he went on to take 108 more test wickets at the amazing average of 23.6, a huge improvement on his previous form. And I would suggest we fired him up rather than inspired him. He probably heard what we said. I remember I didn't even have him in the Ashes 2013 side, so that certainly got him offside.
1: I, I think, yeah, we lit the fire under Mitchell Johnson. man. it's one thing that I have to say that has not taken off is your nickname for Josh, Hay-
2: Ash, Josh Hazelwood. I got a, I got a message on Facebook from one Aaron Burgess who said he didn't like me calling him Hazelwood. I'm sticking with it. He bowls good nuts, Josh Hazelwood. Gaff, have you heard anyone else on this planet? It, it was through. on the yes, paper. Yes, it was on the I, paper. I,
3: I, I've actually heard another person, and that's the great Henry Blowers who started that name, and guess what's happened to Blowers?
2: He's retired. So, well, he's given, because, over, he's given yeah. over the... Because pantom- he was shamed the, into it. Handed over the baton. <laughs> the leading test wicket-taker since we started is Nathan Lyon for Australia. He's taken 163 test wickets at 34 since the show started. I'm glad you clarified that, because in the notes you just got the GOAT, and I was thinking, Hugh Trumbull? Hugh <laughs> Trumbull <laughs> hasn't bowled since the 1890s. <laughs> the leader in all three formats is Mitchell Stark. 222 wickets in the last four years. And I think everyone would agree that his awesome World Cup was amazing to watch. One of the highlights. Now we've got a new award, the Daniel Worrell Award. This is the penis award. Uh, This is, remember the bowl that scratched a penis into a pitch in, in a local match in Adelaide? He has the worst average per wicket of any Australian bowler <laughs> since the show started, taking one wicket at 171. So well done, Daniel. You'll get the penis award.
3: So maybe he should stick to his acting career. For all the people who haven't seen him, he was on How's That,
2: the cricket. Ah, yes. I well, don't know. He was a sidekick and, and he looks,
3: seems like a sidekick cricketer as well or a bowler. He can, get to, you can go to drawing to as well.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the most ducks for Australia in all three formats combined since the show started Mitchell Stark 12 Ducks Then here we go Some familiar faces Mitch Marsh 8 Ducks Sean Marsh
3: In all those Four Glenn years Maxwell, Four eight years th-
2: in the, Of the podcast who,
3: Which player do you reckon Has copped the biggest Flack Nathan Lyon Copped a lot We've often I reckon it's still Mitch Marsh
2: oh, uh, yeah. Sean Marsh But I think Do you yeah. think like I it's think good Max question, Rod have. Marsh
3: Bob oh, Marsh, definitely.
2: Pat Howard, definitely.
1: The Selectors. I, I, I think Gav's got it. Man, it's who's copped the most.
2: Who's worn the most stick on this podcast? Which player? Which well, Aussie player? I think like all good you know people that comment on things, we've swung both Matty ways on a lot of things. I remember like when the show started, Joe, who's not here, completely wrote off Warner's chances at Test Cricket one mm. show, saying he didn't have the brains for Test Cricket <laughs> and has been proved wrong. Uh, Maxwell... There's, he's flip-flopped. Nathan Lyon, we questioned his spot for about three years. I still do. There we go. Look, I think we can just agree on one thing. It's the Marsh. Anyone with a Marsh name, yep. Rod, Sean or Mitch. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Not forgetting Jeff. Well, the show didn't start in the mid-90s. Now, <laughs> some of the standout plays from England that we have certainly affected their performance. Mm. Who can forget Adam Lyth with an average of 20 after seven tests? And then there were three English bowlers who we literally killed their career. Graham Swan, after we took over, took his test wickets at 70 and then retired. Monty Panesar took his test wickets at 86. And then Boyd Rankin, who can forget the Irish import, huh. took his, wick- his huh. one wicket at 81. And
0: now he's mm. reverted back to Ireland. But we, we gave him his test debut as well.
2: We did, and we took it away. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan well, Trot is another player whose average over. was over 50, old Trotty, And then when, he, when we started, he averaged just 19 in test cricket. So, I mean, we've positively affected Australian cricket and negatively affected English cricket. Is there anything more you could want from an Australian cricket podcast? <laughs> All right, so that's stat chat. The room's silent. They're obviously all in agreement. Now now I want to talk a little bit about some of the guests that we've had on the show. I think we've been really lucky and had some great guests, but this show is not about the guests. Uh, You know, I love to talk to cricketers or trying to get their information, but it is not about the guests. It is more about a core group of panellists getting together and talking about cricket. So... When I decided that I was going to go on the hunt for some guests with maybe some more, I don't know, status in the media landscape, the first thing I did was go after people that listened to the show. So Gus Wallen, James Bracey, Alison Mitchell, Mark Howard, they all listened to the show. Lisa Stilaika I met. Uh, so, But it's not about getting guests in, but we've had some great ones. and I've, I've added it up. Combined test experience of guests on the show, 197 tests for Australia, the most capped being Brad Haddon with 66 and Shane Watson with 59. That was you, Mackie. You interviewed Watto for the show. So all up, we've had some good good test experience.
3: There's someone who we forgot about.
2: Oh, Watto's probably at the top of the list, isn't he? Yeah, Watto copped a lot. I I felt guiltier and guiltier as I laid into Watto. (laughs) I mean, I just want to thank all the guests for coming on. I've got some great feedback about some of the interviews I've done, especially Mark Howard's interview, Trent Woodhill's <coughs> appearance. But a really, I would just want to thank all the people that have come on the show. Some might be listening. If you are, thank you. I want to apologise to Andrew Fidel Fernando from Quick Info and Sri Lanka. You know, I invited him on the show. I said, "What do you think is going to happen in Sri Lanka?" He said, "Australia's going to come here and thrash us. We're in, we're in a mess." And then Australia got
0: thrashed, and we. We slammed Andrew Fernando for giving us
2: (laughs) the wrong... Dud mail. Dud mail, exactly.
0: (laughs) To be fair to him, the way that Sri Lanka performed subsequently, I think he was right. It's just that somehow Australia managed to lose.
2: Exactly. No, I just feel... I want to apologise for him. I think we gave him some unfair stick. I also want to talk about... There are two lost episodes of the show. Two embarrassing moments for me. The first one was I interviewed Alison Mitchell in person. We did a great interview. I I did the mic test and... The mic's worked for the test, but as soon as Alison started talking, she must have broken it or something because the sound cut out. <laughs> so that's one lost episode, and the second so it was one was all her fault, maybe. And yeah. and the other one is for with the guy who voices the intro to the show. Actually, you've met my friend Pat. Yep, he's uh, an actor. He's in lots of shows: Glitch, uh, Offspring, A Moody Christmas. Is now in LA making a show called No Activity. He voices the intro to the show. And even though it's a bit garbled, that's why I've still kept it. But we recorded an episode of all the cricket matches we've been together. And it was really funny. But again, we had some technical difficulties, so that episode so is me- lost. Me- wait, wait, wait. wait. So
1: this is really episode 202. Is that what you're saying?
2: Well, if it's not released, does it wow. count? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh. Uh... <laughs> have we, we might have we, to go to the scorer for this minutes
3: <laughs> <laughs> They count as first class. Mate. I think it's a run it's short. I think class, it's a
2: run short. <laughs> if you record okay, a podcast, okay. and yeah. the umpires yeah. got that funny <laughs> sign going. So yeah, thanks to all the listeners and uh thanks to all the guests that have come on and uh hopefully we'll get some more guests. As I said, it's hard. I do all the hassling and hustling to get them on. Now let's move on to listener mail. Now I've gone through and I've pulled up some of the great emails from the um, years that we've been going, the four years that we've been going. and So let's start with Brownie. Now, Andrew Brown was a regular emailer to the early shows. Do you remember Brownie, Matt? I remember him well, yeah. I, I miss him. Where's he gone? Well, he stopped writing when Joe gave him an absolute serve in one show, <laughs> giving him real baggy. And I had had Joe here to read this email, but this is Brownie's last email. Been listening to your pods. Great work and great skippering manners. Really like the variety of panellists. Joe's always good. Macca seems surprisingly sensible for a guy that dogged the podcast for such an extended period. Brownie's all over it. He then, Brownie then threw a couple of thoughts at me. First one, England destroyed India the other night big time. Could they go to the final of the 2015 World Cup? Well, Brownie, you were wrong. They didn't even make it out of the group <laughs> stage. ha, <laughs> <laughs> Brownie. But he did get a couple of things right. Brownie said, Steve Smith is the new Iceman. He was right about that. And he said, beer at the cricket. I find it mid-strength patronising. Any arguments there? Man, I went to the league yesterday. Manners had a full-strength beer. I loved it.
1: I, I just can't understand why. This mid-strength. PC rubbish. I agree with you
0: because it, it is PC rubbish. But I, I must say, I have been to some days at the cricket where Towards the end, after seven or eight hours of drinking, the people around you—it it really is um, the the level of. Insanity is is it's it's beyond the pale. So I can see why they've done it, but it's still philosophically I'm opposed to it. But I can remember the good old days when there was still a
1: hill, and you know, in that final session, take when, a case of beer when everyone had had a few beers. And I'm not saying everyone was ridiculously drunk. It was just a great vibe in the crowd. It was really. It was would rowdy. you take your
2: wife there? Would you take your girlfriend oh. there? I mean, it's just sort of got it was sort of a no go area for most people unless you were blind drunk. Yeah, I'd say it was 95 percent male, but I just
1: think that's that atmosphere is missing at the cricket. For mine,
0: I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I was there the day Steve Waugh scored his hundred, and it was, you know the greatest day. But I was sitting right on the boundary. These guys around me, the last session, they were so drunk for two hours straight. They just said Steve War, Steve War, Steve War for hundred and twenty minutes. <laughs> and an English guy next to me who'd come just that might for the have day, been me <laughs> got up and left. He just couldn't. It was just you know <laughs> you just couldn't tolerate it. So I'm all for it. It's political correctness gone mad, etc. But it actually kind of works.
3: That's how boring Steve was batting was. <laughs> hey,
2: <laughs> hey, you're off. All right, yeah. now next email. Now we oh. have a really a young listener called Nicholas Fuster, a young Victorian who's written many passionate emails to us. And Paul, I've got. Can you read out some of Nicholas's highlights?
0: Well, he said of mine uh, about a prediction that I made for the 2015 World Cup. I understand that hyperbole is used in media, but it is clear that these were the actual opinions held by such an individual who may or may not be a host of two cricket podcasts. Um, So I wrote a little thing saying before the World Cup that there were 42 preliminary matches to get to eight quarter-finalists, and we all knew the identity of the eight-quarter-finalists anyway, so they were pointless. And he's then pointing to the fact that Bangladesh qualified rather than England. And I'm saying, well, seven out of eight ain't bad. I think that my, my point stood. but um, no, I think Nicholas has a good point. It's a, a fair sledge, isn't it? <laughs>
2: now, now, the next one from Nicholas about the DAB celebration
0: from Usman Khawaja last summer. The DAB stands for everything wrong in this world. The problem isn't that he is a test player. The problem is that he is a human being. I think lesser, sick, of him now. Now, I think the DAB is fine.
1: Oh, man, I want the, I'm, with, I'm, I'm with fuster the, I'm with Nicholas I want him on the show man. I oh, get him on the
0: show yeah let's get him on the show He These sounds are like a good kid
2: biting critiques but they're good I like them exactly <laughs> he's got a future mm. all right now hey so, Nicholas right in <laughs> Get on the show. He does. Now, um, I did ask for some emails about listeners who've been listening to the show since the beginning, and I've got one here from Hugo Forrest. Macker. can you read this one out? I will, Menis, and I have read
1: this on the train home from work. I'm worried there is a little bomb in here, but I'll read it towards myself. Uh, Hi, Menis. First of all, congrats on the 200. I I first started listening to the show in November 2014 when I was traveling around India and Sri Lanka, for four and a half months. One of the first ones I listened to was the Put Out Your Bats episode,
2: which was perfect in tone. So that was after Philip Hughes passed away. And Mackie, it was you, me, Joe, and Tim. And I do remember that was one of the most difficult things I've done. Like that was when I really pushed the boundaries of the podcast. Like, how am I going to talk about this but I felt that we had to. It was very challenging. Mm, sure, sure, it was, mate. Um, Continue. I'll, I'll go on.
1: Your podcast was an incredible companion during my travels and has been ever since. My girlfriend had to get used to it being played as we were getting up from bed, going to bed, and has had to ever since. It's a little you know, bit of an aphrodisiac you know, as well. You, I'm yeah. sure it is. Our voice, our <laughs> voices, us talking about cricket. Yeah. Um, lo- love that you're always that you've always been willing to give people a serve, players and commentators, and have now. And have liked how that has continued, even though the podcast has become more legit um, and connected with
2: some big names in the cricketing world. I hope the podcast never loses that edge. Actually, just a bit of a note from that. It is going to get edgier and I'm going to get (laughs) harder and more aggressive at people. But more legit, hopefully, as well. Had a lot of laughs listening to the podcast, but best gag so far has to be
1: the thank God he wasn't playing in Lahore in the relation to Brian Lara naming his daughter Sydney when he made that great knock. And I think we did borrow that from someone else. Yeah, Joe stole call? that one. Joel, Joe stole it from, um, I don't know. Someone might funnier? Been... Well, someone funnier. <laughs> yeah. Michael Holdings is who I first okay. heard it. Okay. So. <laughs> I thought it might have been our cram. Um, I'll continue with um, Hugo's letter. In terms of hosts, panellists, they're all great, but my favourites are you men as Paul and Gav. Oh, hey. 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 I think he might have left someone else yeah. out there. <laughs> Cheers for all the episodes, men, and here's to another 200 episodes.
2: Now, next up, we got a lovely email from Juliet Burrows, and she writes, Congrats on your 200th, guys. As an Aussie cricket tragic in England, I fear you are underestimating England a little ahead of the ashes. Anyway, for the 200th, may I put forward my favourite panel of Joe, Macker and manners and my favourite episode as episode 180, particularly the hilarious ending when Manners suggests retaining the MCG for cricket alone. More Joe in general, or is he suspended again? Question mark. Well, he wasn't suspended from today, technical difficulties. And I will be playing the end of that episode to end this episode. So we've got a, a replay of 180. All right. Now, to keep us grounded, I've got some um, reviews that aren't so good. So, Gav, you've got one. Can you read it out for me?
3: Entertaining listen, listen by some averagely informed Aussies.
2: Averagely informed Aussies. I like that. Right.
3: <laughs> if you're going to give it out, manager, you got to take it back. Exactly. That's fair enough. Averagely informed, yep. Apparently England have no chance in the 2015 Ashes. So the podcast should become more entertaining with each
2: English win. Well, that was from Sausage Dropper. He gave us 3 stars out of 5. <laughs> who made who made that prediction? Like man as some of the predictions on
1: this show <laughs> The the Sri Lankan tour is an all time low point when we all predicted three nil On, to a man three zip and the twenty fifteen Ashes where we were all like this will be three or four nil Australia mm, yeah. maybe three one Gab there's been some shockers that's where hence that, you're not playing them
3: Jeez, so, we got the Bangladesh prediction coming up ooh, ooh yeah. so, <laughs> we've got <laughs> enough
0: of us here to cover every permutation <laughs> haven't we yeah, the stats man
2: yeah. all right listeners well thanks for all your emails and I want to thank. All the people that have tweeted, emailed in, uh, sent us messages, Facebook messages, sponsored the show on Patreon. Matt from Tassie Uniforms, who said it sent us in our own shirts at the beginning of the, the, when love the show sh- started. So thanks to all the listeners. Obviously, the show is for the fans. You know, We, we want to be a show for the fans and reflect how you're feeling. So we try to do that. Always drop us a line if you feel uh, we get something wrong. We'd love to hear from you. Now, we're going to take another break. I'm going to play a montage of some of the best sounds that I've played, sound bites, both Australia having some great success and England not having success, two of my most entertaining things. And we'll be back in a moment with the end of the show.
0: Harris comes in, Morkel forward, he's bold. It's all over. Australia have won the game. What a finish, two wickets in three balls, they are delirious with delight, they are jumping
4: and hugging and carrying on out there.
0: Anderson to bowl, he's in there now, he bowls, it's clipped away, out towards deep mid it's going out towards the boundary, this could be it, they've run one, they've come back for the second, it's gone for four, Ireland have won, and bats are being thrown in the air, the Ireland team are running on one of the most incredible matches in the history of one day cricket. Anderson goes in at Smith on naught, and he's edging, and it doesn't carry, does it? Did that bounce in front of Cook? and Slip? it's hit him, it's hurt him. He's down, they want some attention. It's hit him amidships. I think it has. Yes, it's hit him amidships. He's in pain, he is in a lot of pain. It's uh, bounced, and it's uh, it struck him in the dress circle or somewhere. Bold him, full and straight. The Bangladesh Tigers have knocked the England
1: Lions out of the World Cup. Two to win. Smith heaves it
0: away. That'll do it. Steve Smith fittingly hits the winning runs. And Australia are champions of the world.
2: You're listening to the Australian Cricket Podcast. This is the 200th Spectacular here with Paul, Maka and Gav. We're drinking champagne, eating chocolate cake. Paul's having a coffee. And now I just want to reflect. Well, you're going to bring up my shoes. Um, (laughs) Now I want to reflect. Now I want to reflect on um, some of the cricketing highlights. Now I've got a couple uh, here. I'll just throw them straight out there. Two test highlights. The The 2013 Home Ashes Summer. I think that summer where Mitchell Johnson destroyed England was just magic for any cricket fan. And then the South African tour victory, the test tour victory that I played just then where Ryan Harris took the wicket with literally moments to go in the test match. What other cricketing highlights or, or innings stand out for you guys?
3: Well, for me, Steve Smith's batting in India just about five months ago. That was just astonishing. Um, to score 300s on those types of pitches against the most two most formidable spin bowlers in their conditions... It just showed why Steve Smith is the best batsman in the world. We're, we're lucky. Is he if... better than
2: Ponting was? Well, Ponting, never had, to good... Adam Ponting never
3: had a great record in India. So if we're coming to just specific about particular mm, tours, then... No,
2: I just want to know, do you think he's better than Ponting?
0: No. I think at this point, he's at a level higher than Ponting reached, but he needs to maintain it for several years to come, and that's not easy to do. I think he's at the moment, um, he's got every chance of being regarded as better than Ponting when he finishes. He
1: probably how many World Cups does he have to win then? Three in a row.
3: Yeah, it's funny because you say that because Ponting, I think, a great player. We didn't play a lot of T Twenty cricket, but one day cricket as well. I think Steve Smith hasn't achieved those levels in One Day Cricket. It might come. As I you just said. don't think One
2: Day Cricket's as it's important not. as was no. when and you, Ponting it, was yeah. around. So if you
1: look at the, you know, when when Ricky Ponting played, like the innings he played in the World Cup final, and we absolutely belted India, like that was just a phenomenal innings. That, you know, and, and One Day Cricket in many ways it wasn't the pinnacle, but it was a lot, lot more highly regarded, wasn't it? It, it, yeah. it? The World Cup still is, but I think
2: then it was. There's
1: my worry, a, a, my worry think...
2: with. Ponting though, is uh, Smith is though his technique has a lot of moving parts and it looks amazing now. Yeah. And when it's going, it's the best in the world to watch. But if he gets a little bit out of form, will it be able to cope with that? Or, or when he gets a little slower like or Ponting older, did. Yeah. yeah, with the reflexes. Well,
3: and in terms of Ponting, he always played against quality opposition. Yeah. As we're going on and we've seen in test cricket, you're probably only going to have two or three quality opposition. After that, we've seen what's happened to the West Indies. Sri Lanka been bundled out um you it's just got
2: india and <laughs> south africa at the moment well yeah and south africa are on a decline as well so what about you maca what about your highlights on the cricket field again no preparation no I've, no, no. I've, I've, and he's moved I've, away from the mic i'm no, not taking no, this dog. he's moved away think, from the mic I, and I, he's like oh, oh i forgot no, there no, was a question I don't,
1: I don't know if you can no can i say i don't well, know if you're gonna like it though well, go on
2: in the mic <laughs> i'm not editing out your mistakes they're the best part of the no, show but it Man, there's probably one thing that stands out. Is the Roosters winning the premiership.
1: No. <laughs> Man, there's one thing that stands out over this whole period is that the Roosters were playing the day of the World Cup final and I decided I was going to go to the football and watch the Mighty Roosters play Canberra. Of course, the Roosters won. But by the time I left that stadium and checked Twitter, the game was all the World Cup final was as good as over because uh, M- Mitchell Stark had gotten Brendan McCullum out. So, I don't know. Oh, that, that's just what. So, I don't, that's one that sticks in my mind, sort of. That the, is sticking <laughs> in
2: my mind, mate. You're going on the band list for that decision. He, I, he dogs the World Cup final for a stupid rugby league no, game but, that wasn't even part of the Premier It wasn't even. It was the early season game. So, even I know that. Uh, Unbelievable. That's his cricket memory, God. Dogging the podcast, indeed. I, right, went to the, I went to the World Cup
0: final on a, so did on a whim. Uh, did you go as well? Oh, I, I was know. there, yeah. Oh, okay, we should, have, we should have caught up.
2: We didn't know each other. <laughs> would have
0: been a bit weird. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I agree. I think that the World Cup was a great moment. And what you guys said before is a very Australian viewpoint on one-day cricket that we all now think, other than the World Cup, it doesn't matter. The subcontinent doesn't feel that way. A lot of people are talking to me about, oh, how's Australia going to go in this one-day series against India coming up? And i think, oh, well, will anyone remember it? But they will in the subcontinent. But... As far as I'm concerned, the last game of one-day cricket was the World Cup final. The next one is in, in 2019. The women, the, the rise of the Women's World Cup was, was great as well, and the and the, the WBBL. Um, and, Gav, you've covered lots of um, women's games, but it certainly felt as though this time around there was a crossover moment in this last World Cup where, for the first time, I think, ever, it was gaining mainstream um, interest, and I think that was really good.
3: Yeah, absolutely. In the last sort of, especially in the last year, the World Cup, WBBL, women's um, sport, it, it's it's great to see, I know someone sitting between us might not agree Paul but...
1: well man it's, uh, one thing I'd like to bring up is you know so we're, we're, we're all love our Aussie I'm just wondering if the lo- how, do the losses you know they say that the, your villains stay with you longer than your heroes do the losses hurt more
2: than the... You know, you can't have the sweet without the sour, but the loss... Do you remember the losses more than the wins? Well, I do. I remember a couple of things. Firstly, the 2013 Ashes victory in Australia was so sweet because Australia had lost, you know, the previous four Ashes. So it was like a huge occasion and there was all that build-up. Also, I talked about the 2014 Test victory in South Africa. I mean... That we'd lost to South Africa at home previously, so we went there with South Africa on top and were able to win in their backyard against a fearsome attack, a courageous victory. That's what stays with me, the character, you know, Ryan Harris on one knee, a much-loved Australian hero, Michael Clark facing Morkel with a broken arm. You know, those are the sort of things that stay with you. I think Australians, though, are very good at rubbing out the defeats. And you just, that's good. just don't talk about it.
0: Why not? You know, it's only sport. You might as well rub out the defeats. Um, you, not it's, the English defeats. They're the good ones <laughs> to talk about. It's <laughs> a good way of looking at it in rose-coloured glasses. And, you know, you can make excuses for some of the defeats. I thought our performance in the 2015 Ashes wasn't too bad. The the, the 2016 loss to Sri Lanka was a debacle. Our disappointing performances in the um, World T20 have still, been, have still certainly been disappointing. What about Hobart? Last summer. That was that was disappointing as well. But um,
3: it, it, there's those big queries going forward. I mean, when we have the spinning ball and the seaming ball, Australia seems to get found out and it's been happening the last four years. When are we going to work that out? Well,
0: hopefully in the next few weeks in Bangladesh. I think this is going to be such an interesting series. I
1: Man, You know, Trent Bridge, um, South Africa, some of those losses have really stuck with me and I... I but at the same time, we were there at the SCG when he wrapped up the Ashes 5 0 and that SCG test didn't even last
2: three days or whatever. So that's. And Michael Clark's. And as StatChat proved, as StatChat mm. proved, this podcast has been unequivocally a success for Australian cricket. So now, Paul, you brought it up and I think we've done a lot of uh, reflection on the last four years, but now it's time to cast our minds forward. And we're going to talk about the Australia v. Bangladesh test series. It starts in basically a week and um, Sunday Australian time, Sunday afternoon Australian time. So uh, I just want to sort of outline how much of a David and Goliath battle this is. Australia have played 801 tests in total, winning 377 of them. Bangladesh have played exactly 100 tests. So even I know that's about one-eighth of what Australia have played. And they've won nine of their 100, which is 9% winning um, percentage. And they've only really beaten Sri Lanka as their their main test-playing nation that they've beaten. So bearing that in mind, what do you think is going to happen? Paul, you can start off. What's your prediction?
0: Um, Oh, jeez, it's so hard. I'll go one all. um, And I think that, the conditions and who gets the who wins the tosses might might make the the defining factor because I think they'll probably produce two very strong turning wickets, a bit like Australia and India had in the first test, and whoever bats first may well win. I think it's going to be that close. And I think the reason I give Bangladesh a chance is that I have more confidence in their spinners than ours. I think that Lyon on the whole has been disappointing in Asia. He had some good moments in the recent tour of India. Ashton Agar has a poor first class record but to his credit the one time he's played on the SCG he took a bag full of wickets so you know potentially there's something there but when you look at their three spinners of um, Mehdi Hassan Shakibal Al-Hassan and Tajul Islam I, I just think that between them I've got more confidence in them bowling better than our guys so uh, one all but it may well be that whoever wins the toss wins the match.
2: Yeah I guess I should outline a little bit about it. the team is that Steve Smith has already said that Shaw Marsh is out for Usman Kawaja and Ashton Agar comes in for Stephen O'Keefe so they're the only two changes from the tour to India so you're going one all Paul?
0: One all and I don't think they should have dropped O'Keefe I mean I understand they're thinking that Agar is for the future and that they're talking about wanting to pick a side for India in several years to come but I would want to keep in there.
2: Good to see Kawaja back though, isn't it, guys? I yeah. mean, you know, really unlucky year. Gav, do you think he can perform on the subcontinent? I mean, in Sri Lanka last year, let's just paint a picture. Kowaj was leaving balls on middle stump. So obviously we remember <laughs> how well he we remember how well he was. I don't know if you've forgotten, but we remember how well he played last summer. He has a poor history on the subcontinent. Can he bounce back?
3: It's going to be interesting to see what wickets are produced. I I totally agree with what Paul said. I think it's going to be one all. I think it's going to depend on the toss, but it also depends. There's been a lot of rain in Bangladesh as well, which also means that you know we could potentially get a washout in one of the matches. That could mean that first test match is going to be so critical. The wicket in Mirpur generally is black sort of soil which crumbles quickly. While if you go to Chittagong, it tends to be flat. So who knows? If Australia get up in in the first test, we might get a ranked turn on the second one. But if Bangladesh get up in the first match, we could see just a placid track could come Chittagong. So I think that's gonna dictate a lot of things that that are gonna happen throughout the series. Going back to Kawaja, yeah, it's a big moment for him. I think he needs to prove himself over there. As I said, rank turning pitches, we shouldn't judge a batsman's ability be just to score, you know, eighty or ninety, because on those pitches A 40 or even a 50 will be as good as scoring 100.
0: I just want to add in there for the long-range weather forecast nerds out there like me, I don't think it's going to rain that much. I've looked in detail at the forecast. Because weathermen always get it right. Um, Well, they're, they're our best chance. Um, oh, it's been. It's <laughs> are been you getting re- the entrails of ducks out to check your weather forecast, there, it's, it's
3: been raining in Dhaka for the last four days. No,
0: it hasn't. I've been looking at the, um, the, 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 uh, the fascinating the, there's radio. There's one
3: thing relying on Google and one thing relying and speaking to people who are in Bangladesh, Paul.
0: Well, um, all right, argument. <laughs> so, uh, a bit he, of ascension there, Menace. Yeah, yeah, well, I think that I think that um, our friend here has been led up the garden path a bit. I've been looking at timeanddate.com dot com in terms of the exact. Yeah, he's breakdown.
3: relying on technology. Here he is. Oh, Wow, it's all happening. If pa- you're in we've got
2: Bangladesh, pa- Howard of the weather service over here. <laughs> now, Macca, let's, let's. I'm
1: gonna. I'm gonna go all Kim Jong Un and put a rocket through all this sort of <laughs> um, positive talk. <laughs> I think we're gonna go down two nil.
3: Did you say we're gonna go down? Yep. Wow. Yeah.
1: I like it. Why, why, Mac? What what are your principles? I just think, men, as you've sort of pointed out a bit previously, our our preparation couldn't be worse, could it? And from, you know, some sort of hearing what the players have been saying, they've all been training together, uh, sorry, training on their own. I just think, you know, and as Gav has pointed out before, that we, you know, our preparation for India was so fantastic. that We went over there before and we just, I just think our preparation, and I think we might... Take the good old Aussie mindset. Well, these guys aren't so much. We can roll them. And I think we might underestimate them a bit.
2: I agree. I
3: I think that's the greatest challenge for Australia. Against India, nobody expected us to win. Nobody expected us to win a test match. I think
2: most experts out there... You've said to me since then that a lot of Australia's performance in India can be attributed to how tired and worn out the Indian side were. Absolutely. I I think so. So
3: But I think everyone was expecting it to be 4-0. So there was no sense of expectation. Now, again, it just goes for that. A year ago, how we went to Sri Lanka and we had expectations and the burden of winning. Again, we're going to see that in Bangladesh. So can we live up to those expectations? Well, Sorry, Paul? I was
0: going to say one of the interesting things about the preparation, Macca's point's a good one, that before India, we went to Dubai, with specialist wickets, you know, no no leaf unturned, no stone unturned. This time around, a couple of days in Darwin and then we're there. But will the preparation and the experience in India, it's only six months ago, will that still hold us in good stead or is that gone by the wayside now?
2: Well, look, that leads me into my prediction, Paul, because I think it'll be a one-all prediction. I was going to go 2-0 Bangladesh, but I think I've given it a one-all because I think Australia did show signs in India that they're not going to roll over on difficult tracks um, like they have shown in the past. But the reason I think Bangladesh are going to win a test, and this is the big difference in Bangladesh cricket, than what it was a couple of years ago. I think they believe, Bangladesh believes they can beat us. I don't think two years ago they would have believed they could beat us on a test ground, but now I think they're going into this series knowing this is a massive opportunity for them to beat Australia for the first time in a test match and really you know, make waves in international cricket. So I'm going a one-all series draw. Um, but, you know, Gav, you've thrown a curly one in there. If Bangladesh win the first one, then we go to the second match, and it's going to be like this dead track and Bangladesh. are going to bat for four days, so wow! Well,
3: it could happen. That's what I'm hearing from over there. So it's going. Look, I think it's going to be a fascinating series. It's going to be. We're going to get a realistic guide of did we really improve in India, or was it just a one-off look? And what? I think I'd
1: point out here. I think the, the the Indians are the kings of excuses, aren't they? And so I don't. I
2: don't buy <laughs> into that that they were tired I mean I, I, you well, they did play like 13 tests at home I mean yeah but can imagine home, we played that mm. No. All right, so I want, to, I want to end this show, and, you know, Aaron Burger said, or someone said, I hope the show doesn't lose its edge. So I want to make an announcement that the show has a new list. It's called The Banned List, and this is people that will never appear on this show. Whether you can come and ask, whatever capacity, hey. not welcome on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Now, we've started the list off. The first one is Gurinder Sandhu. Uh, he cancelled on the show and then could never make it back again. He probably cancelled for a valid reason, but never made it back again. <laughs> <laughs> never could make it another time, no. and, and but could appear on another cricket podcast around the same time. So, Sandu, goodbye, Red Line Three, and who cares? You'll never play high level of cricket again. So, not a great loss. Wow. About, well, I totally agree I'm with are losing the edge, mate. This show's getting edgier. Well, you play, <laughs> Next it's, it's one, edgier. How now, do
3: you play two games for New South Wales and get the Steve Waugh medal?
2: Yeah, and not come on the podcast. Ridiculous. <laughs> so, And then two more I'm going to propose, but I wish Joe was here because I want to put Ed Cowan on the band list because Joe, who has a very good mutual friend with Ed, made a request to get it on the show and Ed just ignored the request, apparently not on technology or on computers uh, for the last few years. So... If Joe was here, I would ask him, should Ed Cowan well, go on the list? Macca, do you, do you think Cowan should go on the list? We're supporters of Ed, you know. We obviously were
1: Cranbrook alumni with him, you know. He's Let's a, not admit
2: that. I'll edit that. He's bad. a proud, well,
1: you know, he's a proud... So should he go on the band list? Well, I, I think if he wants to come groveling and crawling on his hands and knees and plead and beg to be on the podcast, or even just say, yes, he wants to do it, we'll let him on it.
2: But he Sounds like Cranbrook. Which... <laughs> Anyone else for the ban list?
1: Well, I think Joe has just earned another ban. Joe,
2: what about Whoa. yourself? I've got you, Macca, for dogging the World Cup final and going to a rooster game as question but mark ma- band Maybe That list. was just
1: my way of dealing the, with the big with the big game nerves, you know. Like yeah. some some people sleep in the dressing room before the game. What or- if you
2: moonlight on another cricket podcast? Should you go on the ban list? Tough one. I, well, I don't think de- case you know, by case basis. There's, yeah,
1: there's no no mandatory sentencing sentencing on the Australian cricket podcast, but it definitely goes to
0: you know to Did the Supreme Court or the District <laughs> Court one. to decide who's won. Paul four years and. Never once have we had a request from M. S. Donny to be on the show. I think we should ban him. Well,
2: I think he's definitely. I don't want him. <laughs> no, and Gav's upset. Okay, Donny Donny can come on. Uh, well, I was
3: thinking of having. I should a...
2: check my Twitter request. Uh, I'm sure it's in, in there. Maybe it's the start of the show. He's a Oh, in of you're at yet. Coley M. S. Oh, well, sorry, guys.
3: Uh, uh, I'll be having a dinner with him in Ranchi next month. So I was thinking of proposing. Name dropper. But well, then now, no, he's you... not on he's not the
2: band list. not That was poor suggestion. <laughs> we just got one Sandu, and then. Ed Cowan's a question mark, yeah. yeah? I think so. I think Ed can go on. Anyone there. else? Pat Howard? <laughs> is, uh, is This is this just a, uh, like a, a list of people we're banning from cricket from the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners. So uh, that's, that's my thrilling announcement. 200 episodes. The ban list has been made public. I want to thank uh, Paul for coming in and all your great contributions over since you've been on the podcast. So thank you very much. Thanks, man. I really enjoyed doing a lot of shows with you, Macker. Again, you it's know, been I, wonderful, mate. I rib you, I give you a lot of shit, mm. but I love it when we get together and do the shows. It's always a pleasure. Uh, we always mate. have thank a good you. time. Don't ever miss a World Cup final <laughs> for a league game again. And you're all looking good. And then Gav, someone that has taught me a lot about cricket has probably the most cricket knowledge of a lot of people I've ever met. So I've really enjoyed doing the shows together, a real cricket junkie, someone that I really um, connect with on that level. So thank you, Gav. It's been a lot of fun. New friends, new podcasts, and, you know, four years, 200 shows. Listeners, thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate all the messages. And uh, I'm going to leave you now with what's considered as the funniest five minutes of the australian cricket podcast uh it's the episode 180 it's me Macca and joe the original three panelists uh having a bit of a natter so listeners we'll be back between the first and the second test in bangladesh there's a big gap now because the bangladesh first test starts on a sunday which is a very inconvenient day makes it hard to record a podcast just before or just after how dare they Not thinking about this show, obviously. The one
3: after that starts on a Monday.
2: So it's like finishes (laughs) Thursday, starts on the Monday. So I'm going to try and get a show in between those two. Uh, Listeners, thanks again, and we'll be back soon. Let's end this show with what's made us happy in the cricket week. I've, I've got here with the Shield Finals coming up, but we'll have to talk about that in the next show. Review that. Victoria v. South Australia. Uh, big domestic cricket action, but we're not going to get to no it. No time to talk about that no, classic that New South Wales lost. No time to talk about that. You know, it was very close. What Neville, a game. What a game. What a first-class game. But what has made you guys happy in the world of cricket? Do you want to start, Joe? Well... Man, as I go
4: back to what's made me happy is that Australia is still in this series with the final test. And I don't think, you know, even the most optimistic among us thought that we'd be in this position. And, you know, more more to the point, my series prediction is still
2: alive. So it's a rehash. Okay, so you haven't thought of anything. (laughs) Maka, what's made you happy? Well, man, as I think
1: I touched on it before, but I just think it's so fantastic to see cricket at the forefront of, you know, of news commentary of, of... the water cooler
4: talk
2: there's a lot of ref- every time there's a lot you do of, what's made you happy there's Go a on. lot of reference every time? now keep going keep ma- going Menas, what, 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 what? Then keep going the same thing every
4: time? Can you, you said it before there's been a lot of references to generic news by the, ma- the gentleman to my right is there some conflict of interest here is Maka <laughs> trying to sort of subliminally influence people
2: to his employer He's very sensitive. No, I Mac, What the talk? everyone's okay. talking about Test cricket and the footy season's about yeah, to start. That's
1: Well, the footy season has started, of course, the real football. and man, So I don't know how we're going to edit this, but what I will I say I never edit
2: the end, don't worry. People are listening. Um, I guess they've listened this what, far. This is bonus material. they've what listened this far, me, they're going to keep going. What
1: makes me happy again is that... Anything that, that makes Rupert happy. I was happy. so wrong about this series <laughs> is that I thought Australia were going to so get... So yours
2: is the same as Joe's.
1: I thought I was going to get... <laughs>
2: All right, so I've got one. I've actually got one. Can, okay, so I think get Rupert. On you the show better have a good one because other <laughs> in this is this a rehash? No, it's not a rehash. This is actual preparation. That's why it's my show and you guys are the guests. So uh... oh, I've spent the last hour talking what's made me happy. <laughs> okay, so I am so happy, and this that is the a... AFL Women's Grand Final has been kicked off the Gabba by what Kevin is Mitchell Junior. Well, this, this is sexist. Where's the relevance of this? Yes. Uh, okay, so. They had the Adele concert at the Gabba. It was they because were, of Adele. Can you They were supposed to play the AFL women's grand what final this made there. made happy? But Kevin Mitchell Jr. says, no, 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 The wicket square needs to be relayed to get ready for the first Ashes test. Oh, I cannot have a football game here this weekend, so they've moved it to another ground. So the Ashes has taken precedence over the AFL Women's Grand Final. I am so happy about that. I'm a big fan of women's sport, Joe. What did you, but make, I who, th- who did you
4: make of Gil McLaughlin calling Kevin Mitchell Jr. incompetent?
2: That was just <laughs> massive. And I, <laughs> I'm so glad cricket has beaten the AFL on something. And I have a vision. It is for standalone stadiums, and this is the first step. The MCG should just be for cricket. The SCG should just be for cricket. Cricket, um, they should have you know v- boutique venues that are for each sport, and this is the first step. That is so.
1: Unrealistic manners. It's ridiculous. How many?
2: So well, that, what? We play
1: ten international games of cricket at the MCG. They Imagine pl- how good the outfield would Mate, be. They would play that many games. They would play yeah. that many AFL games in three weeks.
4: Manners. You, you were gonna you're going to send, send the MCG to the wall. <laughs> you're going to. It's going to. There's going to be no MCG no, under that. No, it's well, going to be over. <laughs> thank you. It'll it, be, it, it, be it, a rotting right concrete at Etihad Big at Bash is going to expand.
2: There'll be Big Bash games there all season. But no, seriously, I'm happy that the uh, the pristine square at the Gabba has taken precedence. There are only two left. People the Gabba off, and man. the SCG. And once again, this, this segment's just a rehash from another podcast anyway. So. I know what you're talking about. Well, listeners, thanks for <laughs> downloading the Australian Cricket Podcast. Uh, it was a strange ending. Joe, thanks for coming back after your suspension. Uh, how does it feel to get back behind the mic?
4: Oh, I think it was a vintage performance. Oh, you always think it's a vintage performance.
2: <laughs> was that the suspension? Marco, thanks for coming in.
1: Well, man, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be here with my fellow co-founders of From the Australian Use Corp, the, James Smith. But Joe, I still think, you
4: know, I don't know if Joe was offered due process for that suspension. Well, we're having the annual still general meeting
2: after this. Very Marco, controversial.
4: So we can talk about it then, Marco. Well, Well,
2: I, I take some... Got a your lawyer, lawyer here? here? A I, a I take some part of the blame. I should have edited all those vulgar comments out and never let them go to air.
4: Menace, so I think you've caved what in. What about the, the hypo- PC police? The hypocrisy <laughs> of, uh, I just of the it... next podcast being
2: called the C-word. Uh, I just
4: think that is that is hypocrisy <laughs> of the highest a, there order. There was an
2: actual reference there about the C-word being used in a press conference. I, n- I, know, I know what I it listened was. to all that, the audio. But even
4: alluding to that word is vulgar, Manners. Oh, God. That- well,
2: do you agree I'm Marker? with Joe here I, I was hypocrisy.
4: aghast
2: is our show about childish innuendos or is it about, about the you're the one who the C word well that's uh, an you, innuendo I'm, I hate to break it to you just saw what C word you wanted to see I saw cheat very clearly you saw I'm another one. I'm looking at a <laughs> I'm looking at one too listeners thanks cheat of course thank you Listeners, goodbye. goodbye we'll be back next week with the final show of the summer pad up for the fourth test Australia's bringing it home a marvelous stroke. He's played no better shot
4: than that in the whole of this series.